Book Two, Chapter Twelve of Two Treatises of Civil Government. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ashwin Jain. Two Treatises of Civil Government by John Locke, Book Two, Chapter Twelve. Of the legislative, executive, and federative power of the Commonwealth. The legislative power is that which has a right to direct how the force of the Commonwealth shall be employed for preserving the community and the members of it. But because those laws which are constantly to be executed, and whose force is always to continue, may be made in a little time, therefore there is no need that the legislative should always in being not having always business to do and because it may be too great a temptation to human frailty apt to grasp at power for the same persons who have the power of making laws to have also in their hands the power to execute them whereby they may exempt themselves from obedience to the laws they make and suit the law both in its making and execution to their own private advantage and thereby come to have a distinct interest from the rest of the community contrary to the end of society and government therefore in well-ordered commonwealths where the good of the whole is to be considered as it ought the legislative power is put into the hands of diverse persons who newly assembled have by themselves or jointly with others a power to make laws which when they have done being separated again they are themselves subject to the laws they have made which is a new and near tie upon them to take care and they make them for the public good but because the laws that are at once and in a short time made have a constant and lasting force and need a perpetual execution or an attendance thereunto therefore it is necessary there should be a power always in being we should see to the execution of the laws that are made and remain in force and thus the legislative and executive power come often to be separated There is another power in every commonwealth which one may call natural because it is that which answers to the power every man naturally had before he entered society. For though in a commonwealth the members of it are distinct persons still in reference to one another and as such are governed by the laws of the society, yet in reference to the rest of mankind they make one body which is as every member of it before was still in the state of nature with the rest of the mankind hence it is that the controversies that happen between any man of the society with those that are out of it are managed by the public and an injury done to a member of the body engages the whole in the reparation of it so that under this consideration the whole community 
is one body in the state of nature, in respect of all other states or persons out of its community. This therefore contains the power of war and peace, leagues and alliances, and all the transactions with all persons and communities without the commonwealth, and may be called federative, if anyone pleases. So the thing be understood, I am indifferent as to the name. These two powers, executive and federative, though may be really distinct in themselves, yet one comprehending the execution of the municipal laws of the society within itself upon all that are parts of it, the other the management of the security and interest of the public without, with all those that it may receive benefit or damage from, yet they are always almost united. And though this federative power in the will or ill management of it be of great moment to the commonwealth, yet it is much less capable to be directed by antecedent, standing, positive laws than the executive, and so must necessarily be left to the prudence and wisdom of those whose hands it is in to be managed for the public good, for the laws that concern subjects one amongst another, being to direct their actions, may well enough recede them. But what is to be done in reference to foreigners, depending much upon their actions and the variation of designs and interests, must be left in great part to the prudence of those who have this power committed to them to be managed by the best of their skill for the advantage of the commonwealth. Though, as I said, the executive and federative power of every community be really distinct in themselves, yet they are hardly to be separated and placed at the same time in the hands of distinct persons. For both of them requiring the force of the society for their exercise, it is almost impracticable to place the force of the commonwealth in distinct and not subordinate hands, or that the executive and federative power should be placed in persons that might act separately, whereby the force of the public would be under different commands, which would be apt some time or other to cause disorder or ruin. End of chapter 12 Recording by Ashwin Jain